Hello and welcome to another French Football Weekly podcast. I'm Philippa B and I'm joined by Jeremy Smith. Hi Jez. Hi. And Rich Allen. Hi Rich. Good evening. As we have quite a lot to look at since we last spoke two weeks ago and the only sensible place to start seems to be yesterday's uh, Champions League match where PSG beat Barcelona 4-0. So that was, I think, not something that we were expecting. And so it seems a sensible place to start. Now, PSG came out of the blocks just really, really fast. And I did wonder at first if this was more enthusiasm than efficiency, but they really made it count. They made Barcelona panic, pressed them hard, pushed them back and ended up with a really, really comprehensive win. I think that's only the second time that Barcelona have failed to score this season. It's their biggest defeat. It was really impressive. It was also very good fun to watch. Um, So, Jez, what do you think were some of the key talking points from that? Was it PSG brilliance or or Barca being bad? Um, I think it was a bit of both. I don't think there's any doubt that Barcelona had a, uh, an extremely off day, but it's not fair just to, to pin it all down to that. I think PSG were excellent. Um, you know, everyone keeps saying it's sort of the, the landmark result of the um, QSI era, but I mean, it's, it's, it's not just because of the opposition. Um, I think it's just the best they played anyway. And, um, which in a way is, I mean, it's brilliant, but it's also kind of frustrating in talks reasons that we talked about before. Um, and they're sort of in a no-win situation. If they if they really play to their maximum potential, then then the game would be a bloodbath. But at the same time, it's frustrating that you've got players like Di Maria who've literally done nothing for most of the season, um, and suddenly wakes up for this. But then again, on the other side, we keep saying that PSG season really is only going to be judged on one or two matches. So, to be fair to them, this is one of those matches and they've done an amazing job. But um, I think what was fantastic about their performance was, um, well, not the, not the performance, but when you look at the team, I mean, the average age of under 25, and that's what's really exciting. When you see players like Rabiot and Verratti, who um, were basically just running the show. You see players like um, Kim Pemby coming in for his Champions League debut and not looking overall at all. Um, I think we've all covered, unfortunately, um, more than most, how much I don't actually rate Thiago Silva that highly. I think he's a bottler. And maybe that helps a bit, having someone with no fear in defence alongside Marquinhos. Um, mm. I just, yeah, I think. It was it was no fear, and I think what you said is important. It was fun. It wasn't. It didn't look like a team. The usual PSG are either the very arrogant. Oh, well, I suppose we've got to turn up on on the Friday night or the Sunday night and you know, go through the motions and scrape the win, or the team that in the Champions League often flatters to deceive. But this this was a team that. Um, it looked really together, looked to have a great understanding and and played some fantastic football. And as someone I saw suggested on Twitter today, possibly um, all of those factors um, might have something to do with Zlatan not being there. Um, and it's no longer Zlatan's 
Zlatan and the team. It's now a team. I don't know if that's true or not. I think, you know, one thing you can say is, yes, Barcelona weren't good, but they're still Barcelona. It's not like PSG caught Nantes on an off night. No offence to Nantes, uh, but you know what I mean. It's They are playing one of the, the best club sides in the world and really took it to them and dominated. And, you know, there were some things in advance where... Uh, some people saying having Thiago Motta unavailable was a problem. You're thinking if he's unavailable before kickoff, that's better than him becoming unavailable around 57 minutes in for two clear yellow cards. You know, as you say, Rabio and Verratti were brilliant um, together there, uh, and Draxler obviously just absolutely went at. Is it Roberto, the right back, and span him round and. Uh, 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 a great deal. So, Rich, you know, is that uh, boding? What are we thinking about the return leg? I mean, it's a massive uh, uh, score to take uh, to the new camp, but, um, you know, how does this look for PSG going forward in this competition further than before? <clears throat> well, it's going to take a monumental balls up, really, isn't it, to, 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 blow this uh, when they when they have the return leg so I really can't see that happening of course what uh, and how Emery will be judged of course is great that he'll get past this hurdle because it was one massive hurdle you know everyone was talking about he'd had him personally had had such a poor record against Barcelona I think one win in 20 odd games was it or something like that I'd seen um, so to put in you know this, this um, you know, amazing performance no one saw it coming um, he will still ultimately be judged by getting beyond that quarter-final hoodoo that they seem to have suffered over the last few years. So it's it's still not a, a, a done deal, I think, as far as Emery's tick for success is. Um, I still think there's still quite a way to go, but what the what this result will breed then within the squad, within the individual players, within Emery himself is all of a sudden this belief of actually, you know what, we can go toe-to-toe with the best in Europe and completely outplay them. Yes, Barcelona had an off day. Some of their marking was abysmal. That fourth goal, I mean, Mounier had all the time in the world to run pretty much the entire length of the pitch and pick out a fairly straightforward pass for Cavani. So, yes, Barcelona aided PSG slightly, but PSG came out and from the get-go were up for it. All the players seemed to be switched on. Everyone seemed to know what their role was. The senior senior players were were at their best. The young players like Rabiot and Kimpembe showed absolutely no fear whatsoever. Without a shadow of a doubt, Rabiot's best game for PSG. Uh, Verratti in the first half was, was unbelievable. So, so much went well for PSG. I think it's important, therefore, that they still go to Barcelona with that positive mindset. Don't for one second go in there thinking we've got this wrapped up they have to you know, keep that momentum going because they're going to need it then for for the quarterfinals and, and fingers crossed then beyond mm-hmm. I think one uh, interesting point that Eric uh, Devon who did the preview on the site of this was that with Draxler coming in that kind of added some uh, push to uh, Di Maria and also to Lucas that there was kind of competition kicking around and it birthday boy Di Maria definitely responded well to that so that seems also to be kind of shaking things up but in a really positive way so hopefully that's going to continue now 
tomorrow uh, we have the Europa League where we have two matches with French involvement. We have um, Lyon away at AZ and um, Saint-Étienne away at Man U. Now obviously the uh, Man U Saint-Étienne game has Pogba v Pogba written all over it um, and I know Jez, I've written the preview for the site. Jez, you've done a Q&A for United Rant um, on that game. So Rich, uh, what do you think might happen tomorrow in Manchester? Um, well I think it's probably important to note for, for any sort of Manchester United fans listening that you know Saint-Étienne of <clears throat> the last few seasons have been quite a, you know, it's been all about the defence. It's been all about the sort of you know, very defensive uh, formations that Galtier puts out. Um, not perhaps being too adventurous with other their tactics, style of play, and 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 the like. But what I think we've started to see since the turn of the year is all of a sudden there has been a slight tweak, and they have been. A little bit more positive, I think, going forward. That's reaped the rewards. You know, we've been seeing results that Ligue 1 fans just are not used to seeing with Saint Etienne. You know, we're seeing as, as silly as Saint, we're seeing three nil wins. We're seeing four nil wins. You know, even a two nil win a few seasons ago was pretty rare for Saint Etienne. So all of a sudden, scoring in the first half is, <laughs> has been pretty pretty rare. I think it's about a quarter of their goals, less than a quarter of their goals were first half before that um, cracking derby against OL in game twenty three when yeah that was just unexpected. So yes, it's uh, they do seem to have changed a bit. How much is that maybe Gautier, and how much of it is just sheer dumb luck? Frankly, uh, Jez, do you think? Um. I think we've spoken for what feels like years now about how frustrating Gaultier is because I don't think it's a question of um, personnel. I think they've always had, okay, not necessarily the level of player like Aubameyang that they had a few years ago, but they've always had players that you think could do a decent job going forward. So it does. It has often felt like it's it's been him sort of um, shackling his team. Um, I think that you've got to, at the same time, you've got to give him credit for, for opening things up a little bit more now. Um, and just to take some of the results with a little bit of a pinch of salt, I think the 3 0 included a couple of penalties and the 4 0 was against Lorient. But, you know, at least they are sort of venturing out of their own half. Um, I wouldn't go so far as to call it total football, but you've got, you've got defenders popping up with goals as well. Um, so, um, no, I think a, a huge difference. I think we're all fans of um, Roman Muma, and I think the fact that he's back and, and he seems to be the fittest he's been for, for a good couple of years now makes a massive difference as well. But I, d- I do think Gautier deserves a, a lot of credit because they've had so many injuries this year and it's been sort of mm-hmm. fitting square pegs into round holes. And, you know, I think Muma might have started as centre forwards over the weekend. Um, so I think he has proved that his sort of his coaching prowess of what he's done this year is just yeah, occasionally it's a bit frustrating when he does he's a little bit more attacking minded. Um and unfortunately I can't see him being particularly gunko against Man United either. Yeah. I think um one thing that's gonna be interesting we can I think we can assume that Santesian are going to go out with 
a first team, will Man, Man U do the same thing? Because obviously there is the Zlatan factor if he plays. Saint-Etienne are actually his favouritest opponent ever. He has scored more goals against Saint-Etienne, 14, than any other single club. So Zlatan versus um, maybe Ruffier's uh, sense of well-being will be an ongoing battle that we've enjoyed greatly over the past couple of seasons. So, um, you know, it would be nice to see if if that uh, does pan out again. Now, looking at the other Europa League tie, um, Lyon are away at AZ. Lyon have had a bit of a weird time of it recently. Um... They are fourth, um, but they're 13 points off third. They do have a game in hand, and that is against Metz, but they're just all over the place in terms of consistency and form and scoring goals and stuff. So what what do we think uh, we might see uh, tomorrow before they host Dijon at the weekend? What do we think is, is the issue with, with Lyon at the moment? Jez? Uh <laughs> I've got no idea. <laughs> um, it feels a little bit like the early part of last season. Um, sort of, it hasn't. I mean, there, there hasn't been any kind of leaks like there was last year. But it feels like there's kind of tension in the ranks. Um, it's spread onto the the into the crowds where um, they where well, there's been a few incidents recently. Um, which obviously Lyon get away with because they're Lyon, but um, you know from throwing flares to uh, sexist banners to you know the other day I know I've, I've criticised Lacazette's form a little bit, but to see the Lyon fans um, doing Lacazette after what he's done the last three four years, just because he said he's thinking of leaving in the summer, which um, you know by rights he probably arguably should have done two seasons ago. I think he's been more than loyal to them. Is just unbelievable, and that's not going to help the cause on the pitch. Um, Genesio, I think, doesn't really seem to know exactly what his favourite formation or his favourite um, starting lineup is. Um, to be fair to him, he admitted that against Saint Etienne, got it very wrong by uh, dropping La Buena, who seems to be their only uh, really on-form player right now. Um, or to his discredit, he said that was the only thing he got wrong, though. Um, you've got Tolisso um, just completely losing it, although he seems to every time there's a derby, so um, that wasn't that surprising. Um, defence, you know, I think any team with a bit of stability needs a reasonably stable defence, and although it's partly due to injuries, um, Genesio seems to play around with the back four all the time. Um, you've even got Lopez, who generally seems to stay out of trouble um, apart from his Oscar performances against Mets you know, he's now picked up a one game ban for um, childishly crossing out the name Saint-Etienne from the back of his shirt in a Fruta France match which wasn't even against Saint-Etienne so I, I, I don't know what it is I mean the players are there and the abilities there. It just seems that everyone at the club is being distracted by other things. Mm. Yeah, I think we, we've we got, um, I think Valbuena's missing for tomorrow night's match, injured as is Raphael, which is maybe less of an issue. And Memphis is cup-tied. Uh, cup um, you know, they've had this weird run. They lost to Saint-Étienne in the derby. 
quite comprehensively, then went out and smacked Nancy around, fair enough, and then lost to Gangon at the weekend. Gangon hadn't won in six before then, um, and now they're going to be hosting Dijon, which you have to say looks like a home banker, but Dijon are, you know, up and around and uh, enthusiastic. Um, they outplayed Lyon you know, in the first match as well. Yeah, how do we, Rich, any, any views on you know, what seems to be the, the issue with Lyon? Is this just a blip or is this indicative of something deeper? It is something deeper, I think. There's, there's big, big uh, problems, I think, with sort of a, a harm, finding a harmony in the squad. I think it, it's perhaps not been helped by Lacazette coming out and saying, you know, I'm thinking of leaving at the end of the season. Tolisso seems fairly set to be off at the end of the season. Those rumours with a possible move to Juventus are still there. Um and you know, all of a sudden, those two have gone. You've lost such a, a huge part of that squad. Um, I don't think they've particularly recovered from the loss of Mtiti back in the summer. Um, I don't think he was particularly replaced uh, sensibly. Um, you know, there was a couple of signings maybe that that in the long run could prove successful, but I think the the immediate impact of losing him perhaps wasn't considered. Um, enough, uh, and it just seems to be like that Genesio seems to have just lost that that trust that he had. You know, he was brought in to replace Fournier on the back of you know he's worked with the the Leon squad for a few years. The players know him. The players trust him. That trust, I think, combined with perhaps some you know some poor results, that trust has just started, I think, to drop off. And unfortunately, that's a very slippery slope. Um, as as Fournier himself, you know, he, he led Leon almost almost to the title. He was only in the last sort of three or four games they dropped off. I remember a couple of seasons ago, it only took a little little poor bit of form, and then all of a sudden, you know, cliched it is, he lost the dressing room, and there was no way back for him. And ultimately, he then had to go. I think with Genesio being a bit more linked to the club, he was going to be given a little bit more leeway. Um, but you know. They're pretty much at the point now where top three has gone. It's going to take something pretty special for them to to break into that top three. I don't particularly think they've got um, the the uh, the ability to do that now, unfortunately. But it, it's it's difficult to put your finger on one thing. But I do think if I was to, if I was to try to, it is just that that harmony within the squad. There's as as Jez said, there's distractions there. Um, People have just taken their eye off the ball. There doesn't seem to be much desire there either, which um, you know you can normally say that about a Leon side because there's a lot of the homegrown players who, who you know feel a lot for the city and for the club. But that seems to have gone as well, and it's it's not it's not a good time at the minute for Leon. Mm. No, it does. It kind of feels like just that quite a lot of the squad don't seem to be speaking. Um, I would. You know, uh, just on the pitch, there isn't that kind of collective movement uh, that there there has been previously. I think moving on to kind of other looks at the the league on table and what's happened over the past three weeks. Obviously, Nice are now in third. Um, they're only two points behind PSG, but given how PSG are playing and given how Nice are playing. Does this are Nice gone now? I mean, they've still got Favre, they've still got great players, but is this stutter 
something that they're going to be able to come back from given their recent results. They lost, obviously, to Monaco in the the, the big game. They then beat Saint-Étienne and uh, most recently, was it pulled two goals back against Rennes to, to draw that. This margin game, the the fine margin seemed to have gone a bit. Does does this do they stand any chance of getting back up there, um, or do we see any chances of of a collapse maybe to to let OL back in, Jez? <coughs> I can't see I can't see them collapsing to the extent that they're going to lose that third place. I just and I just think that it's difficult to see Monaco and PSG dropping many points between now and the end of the season. Nice, I just think, aren't quite that at level, and I think they they, they will um, drop a few, and you know that it doesn't need many drops to to, to lose a chance of, of the title. And I think that their main issue at the moment is, is obviously um, Alessandro Player, who, who was injured at the weekend, and how long he's going to be out for because um, you know you don't want to entirely rely on on Balotelli, who you know is non-existent away from home and at home as well. He's sort of Flashes in and out of games with player, you know, you know, someone's going to be trying his heart out, um, and obviously for quality, um, you know, 90 minutes at a time, every match, wherever it's played. Um, if he's out for, it sounds like it's going to be possibly a month or so. I think that that's a big loss. Um, you know, Donis did okay the, the weekend, but I'm not sure he's of the same same quality or experience even as player. Um, mm-hmm. So I think a lot will depend on on how long he's out for, how they cope without him. Um, as we, we've discussed before, they do they do have a good defence. Um, so I, I still I still think they'll be strong. I just I just can't see them keeping up with PSG and Monaco. No. Rich, does that sound about right to you? It, it does. Yeah, I think a um, bit of uh, sort of post winter break blues, hasn't it? Really, the. Um knocked out of the Coupe de France and only only two wins from their uh, from their six league games. Um they they've done enough I think to have to get third. I think the squad probably knows that. I think Favre probably knows that. Um he's not gonna let them let them rest on their laurels though, because you know it's thirteen points is a mammoth amount, but if, if Leon win that game in hand, it's down to ten and you know if Poor form starts to become a bit of a trend. Then, yeah, you know, he he just wouldn't want them to to miss out on a top three spot on what what has been so far a fantastic season. But yeah, I can't see. I think it's more a case I can't see Monaco and PSG dropping the points to allow Nice back in. Even if Nice do regain that that sort of pre pre winter break form, um, I just don't see the form of Monaco or PSG letting up to let them back in. Right. And looking a bit further down the table, one other team that's kind of interesting is Marseille. They're in sixth uh, on goal difference from Bordeaux. <coughs> They've had a weird series of results, losing at Metz and then beating Gangon and then losing at Nantes uh, in a fairly chaotic game at the weekend. Um, what's going on there, uh, if anybody has any idea? Um... I think there's there's a case of uh, a bit too much of a, a I think early expectation I think they've all the changes that went on behind the scenes and then you know players that came in in the January transfer window uh, 
there needs to be a, a short term. I think there's, there's, there seems to be a sort of mid term, and, and I would hope anyway, a long term plan for Marseille. It seems that they're not short of something to 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 plan for that short that short term, i.e., the rest of this season. You know, they've had such a, a an, an iffy, I suppose, start to the season, although perhaps a little bit better than in previous seasons. Um, and I, I just don't think that the, the guys that came in, both at board level and then on the pitch, um, I don't think they've got that immediate short-term plan to, to you know, it's consistency that they need. You know, last couple of seasons, it's been their, uh, really their away form that's got them out of jail. It seems recently it's the away form that's getting them back in jail. It seems, you know, they've, they've really struggled on the road of late. Um, it is that consistency, and it's that uh, it's it's who scores the goals for Marseille. If if Gomez is not scoring them, where where do those yeah. goals come from? So we've we've had a question in from a Mister A Gibney, sounds familiar, um, which I think was should Marseille have signed Andy Delort? Um, not not a, a silly question, given uh, there's. there's sort of striking limitations in that if Gomez is out, who is there? Um, what do we see as, as, you know, what what would be your answer to that? Did they have a good transfer window? Did they do what needed to be done in January, Jess? Um, I think Sertic was a good signing. I think um, Sanson is a fantastic signing. Um, I think Payet I think Rich and I are the only two people in the world who are very underwhelmed. Well, apart from West Ham, who are underwhelmed by that signing. I don't, I don't see it as a particularly special signing. Um, I mean, it, it remains to be seen, but I'm not sure he's really going to, you know, be some kind of catalyst for Marseille to suddenly be challenging for anything now. Um, for me, Evra. Yeah, it's tragic to see, but um, I still think he's a spent force, and it was, you know, I don't think it's it's a coincidence that the man who was signed supposedly to shore up the Marseille defence has arguably made it even worse. Um, generally, I think it's been a decent uh, enough transfer window for them, but yeah, the, the failure to sign a striker is is, is crazy. I mean, it, it was obvious. It's been obvious for the whole season how Gomez reliant they are, which you know, some Sondi fans might say is frightening anyway. But um, to be fair to him, he's having, I think, his, his best season goals wise. Um, but now he's injured, and you know, they, they may well really, really suffer as a result. They have got decent attacking players, but there's no, no one who's kind of accomplished at putting the ball in the net. You know, you can, you can rely on Torlan to score. Um, Torvald play at the score, you know, a great free kick or a long range effort, but you don't want to go into matches relying on that. Um, and it, I, I don't know if, if they tried to, I think there were rumours of Batshuayi going back on loan, or actually I think that was more to Lille than Marseille, but um, it, it seems crazy that, that they, they didn't attempt to, to bring in a, a half decent striker. And, Delors does seem an obvious one. He wanted to. He was obviously wanted to come back. He's he's got a great record in Liga. Um, he's a kind of player that you could imagine. You know, his his ego sort of 
thinking I'm made for the velodrome, the crowd's made they made for me. It seems like a very good match on paper. Um, I don't know why they didn't go for him. So you you mentioned Lille briefly there. Obviously, there's been a managerial pickup um, recently. Lille are in 17th. Uh, they're only one point above Caen uh, in 18th. Caen have got a game in hand. Lille are one of the only ones down there in the trouble zone who don't have a game in hand. Um, another question from uh, Mr A. Gibney. Is there a real chance, risk of relegation for Lidog? Um, I would have thought not. Um, you know, it's 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 that age old saying, isn't it? They they are. I think, <laughs> I think, they are just too. You know, the the squad is too good. I think to go down. I think other squads in there and the form of other teams. Um, I think <coughs> is is not as superior as Leon. And I think. All it will take is just a couple of results just to get that sort of feeling back in the squad of, of, of how to play positive football and how to, how to actually win a game. I mean, they've had a, you know, sandwich in a, a PSG loss, which is, you know, to go down by only one goal at PSG, you know, in Paris is by no means a, a calamity, but losing at home to Lorient and losing at home to Angers certainly is calamity material. Um, but you know, it wasn't that long ago that you know they 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 won away at Lyon. Um, you know, it's not it's not dreadful form they're in. They just had a couple of really bad games. So it is a case of I think they can put it right. They signed a heck of a lot of players in January. Was it seven or eight on transfer deadline day? Um, that allied with with the players they already have in the squad, they've got enough quality there. They've obviously brought in Frank Passy now as coach, supposedly till the end of the season. Um, you know, he, he knows the league. He didn't have a great time with Marseille, but find me a manager who would have had a good time with that Marseille side. Um, I, I, I think there's enough there. It's it's perhaps not going to be comfortable viewing for the Lille fans, but there's enough there that they they should they should pull clear before the end of the season. All right. Okay, so looking forward to the weekend's games. Uh, we kick off with Bastia, who are in 19th and not looking brilliant, hosting Monaco. Now, Bastia have traditionally had kind of a, a home fortress mentality that hasn't really panned out this, this year, and they are playing Monaco. So that feels like it might be uh, something to confirm the leadership again. Then, what other games are we looking at as being maybe key clashes? We finish with PSG versus Toulouse on Sunday, which is kind of interesting because Toulouse have started smacking goals in all over the place, so hopefully that will be good fun. But um, what, do you, what would you pick out, Jez, as being maybe one of the key matches this weekend? I think there's, there's a few interesting ones. Um, Monaco and PSG, you feel, could both be in danger of taking their eyes off the ball, um, sort of post-Champions League and pre-Champions League. I'm not sure Jardim will start with his, his uh, uh, best 11, but thought he might want them a bit, a bit fresher for, for the Man City match. PSG, um, who knows? I mean, they could be so buoyed by that fantastic win that they'll, they'll rip to lose apart. 
or you could also see them sort of reverting and even more than usual to their to their kind of um, arrogant usual setting so, you know same kind of thing we, we smashed Barcelona we really didn't have to bother turning up to play a team like Toulouse um, but they need to be careful because Toulouse have um, beat them in the, in the first match between the two um, relatively comfortably um, at the other end of the table there, there's a couple there's three arguably very big um, it's hard that the, the sort of the relegation scrap seems to be involving eight or nine teams so it's hard to there's always going to be six points so it's a week in week out now I think for the rest of the season but there's three this week that, that could really um, have an effect on the table there's Messnot there's Angers Nancy and the two that, that you mentioned earlier um, Caen against Lille that, that really feels like a big match now um, every week the, the table changes so much I think um, Mess for the last week were as high as sort of twelfth at one point, and and now they they plummeted again. And it's all just yo-yos up and down so much. But as you said, quite eighteen, but they do have a game in hand. And if they beat if they beat Lille, which I think they're probably they should be favourites to do at home. Um, you know they'll have a bounce and that game in hand. Lille will be um, a little bit further entrenched and. Um, yeah, I think I think the results of those three matches could have a relatively big bearing on on the final basis. Yeah, yeah, I think the the entire bottom half is the relegation battle basically because uh, I mean Montpellier is now eleventh, which a couple of weeks ago was seeming unlikely. So they and Nantes are on 29. Nantes have a game in hand. Then you've got four teams on 27, two of whom have a game in hand. Lille on 26, Caen on 25, who have a game in hand. And then Bastia and Lorient on 22, and Bastia have a game in hand. So it's all like, even if, you know, even every time everything changes, there's still provisional changes that are going to kick in because some of those games in hand are against each other as well. So it's, yeah, it's basically bottom half is the battle right now, I think. Um, Rich, as well as any of those, are there, are there any matches you want to point out as being key, either for top end, bottom end, or just general interest at the weekend? Um, I think bordeaux Gangon could be a good game. Um, Good man. Uh, uh, aside from um, a slip up against PSG, Bordeaux have had a really good start to the year. Um, Gangon haven't had a good start to the year, but got that win uh, against Lyon um, last weekend. So I think that that should be a uh, you know a, a good game to watch. Um, and then of course there's my vain hope that Ren might actually win a game this calendar year um, away at Marseille so I'm not holding out much hope but uh, yeah as there's, 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 we said pre-recording pre, pre, pre just us and Bastia winless this uh, in 2017 so one of those, one of those has got to go sure, soon surely I think yeah Ren it's five draws in a row and no wins in nine by uh by my record, so that has to go at, at some point. But to be fair, a point away at the velodrome, continuing that run of draws, wouldn't actually be bad. Um, it just might feel like it, given the the accumulation of results. I'd take it. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so we do have also, obviously after that, uh, we've got the Monaco-Man City game. Next week, is that in Monaco or in Manchester? I can't remember. Sure, anyway, that should be great fun as well. So we're looking forward to uh, Europa League tomorrow, some cracking fixtures the weekend, and then another round of, of Champions League. So thank you very much for listening. Um, do check out all the previews and reviews on the website. If you have any questions for the next pod, which will be in about two weeks, then do please ping them over on Twitter or via email, and we will speak to you then. So it's goodbye from me and from Jez. And Bye. Rich. Good evening. Bye, everybody, and speak to you again soon.